Please join me in a spirit of prayer. Lord God, we give you thanks that through your word you address our hearts and our souls, and you remind us that we are precious to you, honored and loved. By your Holy Spirit, help us receive your word to us. And let that word open our hearts so that we may live and love with you in each day ahead. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. When my mom would take my sisters and I to go see her sister Thela in Clovis, New Mexico, the trips had a certain ritual to we would fly from New Jersey to Amarillo, Texas. My Uncle Bill would pick us up in his big sedan that smelled like the cattle feed lots where he worked. And he would immediately drive us to the best barbecue restaurant on Route 40. It was not much to look at, but we would zip in, get our barbecue and our Dr. Pepper and tall glass at that time in New Jersey, you could still not get good barbecue or even Dr. Pepper, not to mention Mexican food, which is another story. Then we would start the long trip across the Panhandle through the small towns and the grain elevators and the cotton fields that went on forever until we arrived in Clovis with our Dr. Pepper's empty and the bottles all went into one of those wonderful old wood soda boxes with the Cokes and the 7-Ups. We rattled them into the case. And I found this all utterly fascinating. Because in New Jersey, we could not redeem bottles. And I did not understand the whole idea of redemption. <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> but the notion is, is that the bottle has value. They call it deposit value. It is still an object of value. That through a process of redemption can have a new or second life of fruitful use again. Now for me as a New Jerseyite, I just thought this was a useless object on the verge of the landfill. This was junk. But in New Mexico, this had value because of redemption. This is actually how I understand redemption. <laughs> redemption is God reminding us that we have value. Redemption is God reminding us that we have value and restoring us to the relationship that gives us that value in the first place and on own. It is how God loves us into freedom. This redemption story of God's love for us is all over that Isaiah passage, which is a glorious, glorious passage. Our deposit value, if you will, is illustrated by how the passage is bookended by the prophet Isaiah referring to our creation. 
You were created, O Jacob. You were formed, O Israel. The verbs creation and form repeat at the beginning and the end. And they are the verbs from the book of Genesis that refer to the creation of the world itself from chaos and the creation of the first human, Adam. God formed and created us. We are precious to God as God's creation. Wrapped up in that creation story is the story of redemption. There is also imagery of exodus and return from exile. Water, fire, these are images of the people of Israel fleeing from Egypt into the promised land. And the story even proposes a whole geopolitical notion of redemption where God has caused the defeat of some nations, the traditional oppressors of Israel, so Israel can be set free once again in the promised land. Our God is a creating God and a redeeming God because God never loses sight of our value, even if we do. And then this redeeming story goes even a little heavier. Because in ancient Israel, the Redeemer was a family member who had the job of setting you free if you became enslaved due to debt. So if you became so indebted to someone in your village that that person could literally enslave you, take your freedom, own you. You had a family member whose job it was to redeem you. In other words, ransom you, set you free. Someone whose job it was to remember your value and restore you to right relationship. And Israel applied this notion to what God did. God ransoms us at a price and sets us free. And this language of redemption is all the way that God says to us how precious we are, how valued we are, how essential we are to what God is doing. Hear that incredibly intimate language in Isaiah. You are precious to me. You are honored by me. I love you. God loves you. The you is for second person singular. God loves you. An unprecedented statement in ancient literature. An incredible gift and affirmation of our value to God. The story is a beautiful background for what happens in Luke where all the same elements are at play. We have the reminders of creation. We have water in the Holy Spirit with Christ in the middle. It's an ancient image of creation, the Logos, God the Father, the Creator, the Holy Spirit that moved over the waters of creation, all are present, reminding us that this is a new creation coming into being right in front of us. John is present, telling us about the renewal of the covenant, 
His baptism was a reminder of the passage of the waters through Exodus into the promised land. It was a covenant renewal ceremony where Israel was remade, reformed, those same verbs again, into the people God intended them to be. And as a renewal, it was a redemption. So we see the baptism of Christ himself as the next stage in God's redemptive outreach to us. God will send, God will be our relative. God will be our relative who sends help, someone to redeem us from all that enslaves us, from all the debts and relationships that we've entered into that bind us and draw us away from God, God will pay that price and indicate how valuable we are to God by sending a son. Redemption reminds us of our value. Redemption restores us to the relationships that give us value. And one of the great gifts of this baptism story, there's so many, is that when God addresses Jesus, and in Luke it's private, if you'll notice, it's an intimate address. But when God addresses Jesus, when he comes up from the water and prays, God says, you are my beloved. And we hear the echoes of Isaiah, I love you. But because Jesus has taken on our humanity, and because Jesus has started the new creation of our humanity in incarnation and baptism, we can hear those words directed to ourselves. Those words are for Jesus first and foremost, but they're also God's words to the humanity he desires to restore. You are my beloved with whom I am well pleased. So my prayer for you, for each one of us, is to sit in those words today and let those words address you, each one of you, where you are the person addressed. Hear God's voice to you. You are my beloved, you are precious to me. And let those words open your heart and set you free. And let those words guide you, because all those other voices that invade us about how lousy we are, rotten we are, those aren't from God. The voice of God is, I love you. You are my beloved. With you I am well.